Guys, you ever have the feeling like you're being watched? One of the things I find to, super interesting well, we never is have the, the feeling friendship between Jennifer Aniston and, and Adam Sandler. <laughs> they kind of they seem like, like they'd be very far being apart watched. on a lot of things. Fiji, like, come back! Wears, like, I haven't <laughs> actually checked I wonder what our Fiji numbers are. Pants wearing, For the recording tonight, we actually have she always uh, seems someone like listening in to us in this like, backstage area so, that they have. Uh, when you see a movie like telling um, us what we've done wrong via chat mystery, so we'll see how that goes. What they are listening, what that person is listening so, to. The question this uh, week is the Give Me Five podcast. That is, is episode 277. What are the brought to you the, the Give Me Five patrons that you uh, and have to figure out how to do this back. Actually, kind of work. Patrons can watch us as we record because we need more verbal. I'm going to start off with a guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm picker here. Fair. Having fun. Not random pairings. <laughs> While we were eating dinner, and... were, were they actual pairings, or was she just picking two people and putting them together? Yeah, that's basically. <laughs> George W. Bush and Carrot Top, like this. <laughs> what are you doing? Five podcast. Was that a thing? Did that happen? No, show. I just think a it would be hilarious. Well, yeah, you're probably uh, right, but <laughs> we've done this a lot of times. Um, and uh, so we anyway, talk about uh, uh, pop culture. So here, here are hers. These are actual real ones. Uh, Florida, all sorts um, of random crap. Number five. Uh, my name is Name Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. And I'm joined Both by relationship-wise, hey. and hey. they've done duets together. And uh, also Name. Mm. You would have never that me? seen Gwen hey. Stefani okay. doing I'll be, I'll be going from name. ska, reggae-infused. I thought we were just going to do the bit and just say hey uh, both times, both of us. Right? There's two that are kind of the same. So I'm <laughs> but you effed it up. Leah Thompson and a duck. I need it. Mm. And Paula pa- <laughs> Abdul. Uh, when and when I decided not to there change our little script thing and replace you the got word those, name with one of them went to the other. Um, I'm stick those I did have in mind oh, what name she went with uh, number three. Courtney Love and Woody Harrelson. Just fucked it up um, with for People yeah. versus Larry. Way Fulton. to go, name. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, this one was this is why we can't have way out of left field. Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr over 277 times, despite the fact that this is episode 207. I completely forgot about. So I couldn't think of her number one. Worked it's actually my so, number one, um, so I'm going to wait anyway, on that. Uh, we're, this week we were talking about Bono and the Edge. Where when I say my number one, it's also hers. But we both said it exactly <laughs> at the same time. So it's not like I'm stealing. Uh, we're going to talk about Bono and the Edge, a sort of homecoming uh, featuring David that. Letterman. Uh, should I go with mine? It's fun. Next. Sure. Uh, Murder Mystery 2. You're already running your mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, the that's, second that's season of Carnival Row. That's great. The second season of Shadow and Bone. And the third season... Of a word that I'm going to miss. Okay, no, so I've got Succession. some honorable mentions. Actually, no. Put the I'm honorable sorry. mentions in there. Four. And the way I picked them is if is oh the whole God. point. Oh, yeah, it's season the four because if it was episode the movie, three, was like an odd pair. Had you thinking mm-hmm. of that? And so, if you spoil it, like, I am going to take an exacto knife majority and run it up the lower half of your piece of water. Kind of stuff. My honorable mentions were Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in Rush Hour. Because that was kind of the point. Take it away, Rob. Crazy versus Chan being by the book. This is a review show. Um, and also uh, DeVito and Schwarzenegger. And we are going <laughs> to spoil some shit, Greg. <laughs> was Paul Short. So if we spoil uh, it for you, so. don't whine like a little bitch, Greg. Greg. Be close to what I just said, but um, Sylvester Stallone and Estelle Getty. <laughs> okay. Stop or my Look, mom will shoot. We, I've talked about this okay. many times, and I don't like spoiling. Uh, number four went music. But goddamn, this third episode, Eminem man, and Dido on stand. It's really uh, good. Eminem was really, it's really, for really good. Pretty heavy and hardcore gangster. I to try violence, not. angry uh, stuff, and Dido fuck. was all right. No, you know what? No promises this time. 
And then Sorry. they did Stan, and it became a huge hit. Fine. I'm going to yeah, talk about some news. And uh, now a, there's a bunch of news. We'll, and the now first one I'm going to mention is a reference Ferguson. for anyone that's like a crazy uh, fan. You are Stan. I don't know how I missed this. It was back in song. January, so it's a little bit uh, old news. Um, he is stuck with the on a show um, called Channel real Surf. person and animated uh, he's character. He's getting back uh, into Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. I loved the Marion Ferguson show. I actually did, too. I didn't watch it all. I didn't watch it a ton, but probably should be number one. I enjoy his show. I liked it because it was if you it, really if you know, know the history of the whole thing. He never let the the celebrities uh, talk about what they wanted to happen. He was it was kind of the anti show um, no, anti talk show talk show. He so this is uh, my wife's um, number one. He did have a uh, gay robot Android dog and Martha Stewart um, named okay. their Jeff Peterson. They're best buds. They do recording. They do um, stuff together. They've done wrestling stuff together. They've done shows awesome. together. And um, I just love I bet the show they make and some phenomenal pot brownies. Anyway, he is working on another show. I'd be willing to spend. Yeah, I would be willing yet, to spend a lot of money for that episode, although it would probably kill me because I wouldn't be able to eat just one. Been sh- being shopped around. It's going to be um, basically <laughs> talking. It's, it's basically two and my wife's number, number one. Um, but number um, one for but me is a music budget. one, and, and that's Run DMC and Aerosmith. Right? You don't know that yet. Aerosmith. I like it. For Walk This Way. Aerosmith was dead. No, it was almost. I have a little bit of love for Craig Ferguson because the drug problems, they had disappeared. The show definitely helped me when my father was in a coma. For the yeah, couple weeks before he passed, years, they were gone. Because that when it I would get home from the hospital, that was the show that was on. And it was Run like, DMC was it a just, rap band, and no one knew what rap was really outside Reverend, of New York. We'll go. It was irrelevant too. But and I know, right? Somehow it um, came together, and it came it was, together yeah, great. It was kind of a like, cool there was hesitation. Show. Also, if you ever, ever, ever want to get to MTV to play, it, like the fact that person he is, listen to him talk about nothing like with these people. He never Boston in New York. She was having her like hating each other. The whole sports thing, and you know he. Was you know, just a good Aerosmith fact. I think I've heard him talk about, name and was a about great song. stuff that had to do like around mental health and things. That should like be that. everyone else's recall too. Other than like, unless you want free, and he's really, really cool. It's a that. good like fifteen minute speech, <laughs> speech and people are like from you know, uh, Martha Stewart shows are making fun of her and here this here this poor girl isn't very old and she's having no one will leave her alone. It's good. Anyway, and he talks about his own challenges with like alcoholism and stuff. To Leah Thompson, Star Wars. I like Star There's Wars. So much yeah. stuff going on. Like, um, Howard, uh, we 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 all love so, uh, Star Wars. I mean, don't don't be who's ridiculous. Next? But they just had the Star Wars celebration uh, over in London. Um, okay. Yeah, lots of stuff was announced. Okay. Uh, do you want me to just kind of list through them, or do you guys yeah. want to do? I don't know. Run us uh, through, Greg. See. I will run you through. Um, okay, uh, three new movies nine. were announced. They haven't named the titles or anything like that, but they did um, kind of present it in a Ed past. Burns and a computer-generated dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> past is going to be thousands of years before the Jedi Order. <laughs> probably something showing the beginning of the Jedi um, Order. Really? Uh, there have been books. Yeah. Uh, so it, we're, we're hopefully not getting, you know, like Luke Skywalker's great. We might actually have to fight anything like that. It's going to be like... Characters we don't I had, know. I had mine written. Um, I, w- I have some. I would love for them to do the Revan Wend and the country guy. They might. Um, this is before then, even. I know, I know, but I, I think the Revan story would make well, a great series, like a great <laughs> couple of movies. Then yeah, Blake Shelton. Yeah, that I just saw the the uh, Darth Malak um, on. Uh, these are Asper not really Pulse. in any particular order. It looks really good. I also had Anthony Hopkins and Chris. I don't know if you saw that. I ordered that when they when they put it up for pre order like months ago. Oh, I didn't realize um, it had been. Yeah, yeah. they they do have um, a new Aerosmith um, and they Run DMC because that's Vader classic. The helmet that comes off though. Ooh, yeah. that's cool. And I, um, so I, I guess that my is last the past, really the present. The Apparently, very, in very our world, reasons. the present is the Mandalorian era. Even though I originally had seen Snoop and that. Martha Stewart as my number um, one. I believe the present is going to be a movie um, that is going to end the Mandalorian saga. That is not going to be due for seven to eight years. Apparently, and Rick Rubin. It is going to be directed by Dave Filoni, Making who uh, was basically together. in charge of all of the 
TV I mean, Rick Rubin animated produced the Chili Peppers um, and Slayer. Went really deep into lore and were still pretty approachable. So and I'm then he works with Johnny Cash. Well, he's also he's also on board with the Mandalorian. Yeah, and he's now he, he got moved to also work dude. with the Mandalorian. I think he did so Run DMC as well. Big, actually, not a big surprise that he'd be helming. And the then, movie, although it is his first live action, he movie. works with Johnny Cash. Uh, and then the future will be um, a movie involving Ray rebuilding the Jedi. And it totally I do. I'm worked. looking forward to I mean, that scene where she so goes to good. dig up her old lightsaber. Those, like, those records were phenomenal. <laughs> that she buried it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like <laughs> in the past. I think that'll be kind of that's fun. like the uh, skeleton Korean American song book I show coming or something uh, featuring Jude Law. It's basically as they say, Star Wars American, uh, and the Goonies American melded together. American okay. songs. You've got my attention. One, two, and three, or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, Go on. Yep. That's um, all I know because I was not such, at such good stuff. So to me, that's like uh, but the Martha it does Stewart look interesting. I believe it's um, and that works. a group and it's of fun. a group of ragtag. This is like uh, we'll say uh, ne'er do wells. They like going around and out of doing like it was amazing treasure type things. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It was just the, that, uh, that pairing just blew my mind. The let's say there was a teaser for Acolyte, which is. Probably my guess is I, going I to literally be thought of the Aerosmith um, Run DMC one as I was going to be a dark side so like, uh, yeah, that trainee, classic. I guess. What a Padawan, I mean, I, I not Padawan. What are the dark side ones like, called? Watching it like Apprentice. Apprentice. There we go. I was too so young dark side Apprentice probably when I was a kid when he burst through the wall. I was just going to say that. Guessing because yeah, they're not going to. That's great. Dark side gets pretty. People with long hair are weird for that for too long. What? And well, then, do you uh, want to save? Uh, don't we have a list Ahsoka. from a listener? Don't we? I, I didn't see do the acolyte the, uh, uh, teaser, but I did see the Ahsoka trailer, and it looks um, fucking amazing. Do you want to do that one yeah. or save yeah, that one for we're, last? We're, we're going to do that right now. Uh, oh, all right. Unless I mean, Ahsoka no, right. teaser was great. It's available online. I don't think the acolyte hey, teaser is online yet. Is Alec. Um, uh, top five. You finally got to see Hera in live action. Mara, Hera, Cinderella from Rebels. She's being played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And Harrison Ford, um, the new TV Mary show. Mary Winstead is uh, it's really the love interest from um, Scott Pilgrim. I guess I just never thought I'd see oh, Harrison okay. Ford in yeah. TV show or um, with a TV I show. Her, I don't believe I forget her name. Show with uh, Jason Siegel, but they worked yeah, well like together. Like the ultimate nerd uh, girl. Sandra Bullock, Melissa uh, Sabine Wren was also seen, uh, not with the short hair. She had the long hair, but it is several years after Rebels. top five. Number five, I have Tom Cruise and Jamie Played by Natasha Liu Bordizo. Also looks pretty good. And Thrawn is going to be played in live action by the same person did the voice of Thrawn on Rebels really good, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, some uh, Obviously, it worked really well. I, I Number three is Arnold Schwarzenegger great. and Danny DeVito in yeah. Twins. That I, I wish they would have done the, um, what you're looking the Heir to here. the Empire trilogy. Number two um, as is a personal favorite. It's not from a movie, though. It's actually Bruce Springsteen and Tom Morello. Even though it started. version. I mean, his version of Tom Jones. I've been watching Rebels like I told you. I think Rage Against the um, Machine covered it sometime in the late 90s. And Thrawn and that's actually pretty their good. album, and then like the way they've done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit different in the Year of the Empire, but Rook is there, uh, the, the little dude, the little alien guy that was like his like, personal assassin. He's in the show, and Thrawn's always a cool character because Thrawn is, for those of you who don't know, and then number one, one of those Empire maybe like generals, commanders that was out on the outskirts when everything happened, so he didn't Rob lose De Niro everything. And, I don't know and but he's like a military uh, genius. He's a genius, and he, what he does is he studies the art and culture of a planet, um, so that he can uh, determine exactly what their like next it. move is going to be, and then Bye. he's able to be victorious. I thought he was going to be like, I thought he was going to be like Jaws and Yahoo, who's like a graphic designer of death, something like that. He he nailed it. Midnight Run. So there's that, and I think Omar and, had some Star Wars news uh, as well. And Collateral. Yeah. I know there's a lot of new stuff coming, it. and that's awesome. 
And I forgot about um, the Ghost of Tom Joad because that's right. The, but the, the, they are re-releasing Return of the Jedi. Yeah, for its fortieth anniversary. Tom Morello was just in something we did. Um, it's it. coming like basically like for one week. It opens April twenty eighth. Might have been. Uh, and the last day really? is, of course, May fourth. Yeah, or is either you Mandalorian know, Star Wars or the Day. Three May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Correct. So this I just think it's pretty cool. Not um, the news I was John Wick for. I'll, I'll look it up. But anyway, uh, you're, hmm? you're last. Again, it's not the news I was referring right, to. I thought well, I was talking about um, the Ewok sex doll that you were talking about. Mention, uh, just because I'm not sure that they're that far off that was to be, be private, uh, not pairing. That's but, fine. Uh, that's fine. We can talk about that too. Well, they were paying us to talk about it. One, it's a whoopee. We got a sponsorship from the Ewok sex doll? That's amazing. They have one customer and he's he's a host of the... Number four. They have one customer and he's a host on the podcast. So. So you use the number three. Use the, I've actually uh, got one that we mentioned in our um, example the, the when we were trying to get code to, Ichiwawa. And I'm the only customer. I just got a couple nine of them together now, and I think of they work really well together, and they're <laughs> they're pretty much an odd couple. <laughs> Picture My the dude two. at the bottom of the stairs of your apartment um, complex actually, being like, I ain't bringing all these up. Hasn't been mentioned yet. <laughs> yep, no. In the little teeny and tiny elevator. That was Melissa McCarthy and Looking at a clipboard like, son of a bitch. Uh, okay, I am so not very, very actually very enjoyable. I was and one last little thing, not Star Wars related. New Metallica album comes out on Friday. One of the one of the funniest ones. My first Midnight Madness for the release in about twenty years. I haven't been to one in twenty years. I don't know, man. Are you excited about the album? I like them. Yeah. And I, I mean, I still see. I, I've heard the first I still songs, see uh, videos online um, of uh, like Jackie Chan okay. from that. You movie, have all right. You know, They're good. Lines because he was learning English. Well, what are we talking uh, about? Like, what are we? What the kind one of that I just saw most recently was he jumps out with his gun and uh, yells, "Cheese!" With better uh, and everybody better on set quality. starts oh, cracking yeah. up. And he's like, what? Well, what? Kill them all with, like, all, uh, with longer songs. Oh, and, and like, oh yeah, freeze! Got it. I'll give a review when I actually hear the whole thing. Most things about Jackie Chan. Yeah, most. All right. Well, well, uh, let me know because I'll check it out as well, and we'll we'll review he's, it. Uh, maybe, uh, he's he's been a Robinson. little bit uh, not corrupted, but he's uh, owned by the uh, sign off. That might not be entirely his fault. He says some things publicly. I'm um, entirely sure about. Okay. But so and I will I like be doing that midnight madness in, in Florida. Seconds. True. True. I will hope. Um, no Florida people. He was in. Uh, Tom Morello was actually mm. in the crowd shots um, in Dungeons and Dragons because you know you know what Florida people do. Oh, shit. They well, hate first of all, dumb the, shit. Like, for the big <laughs> okay, so you know, is, first of all, I'm not sure if we're supposed to talk about sixth grade Fight Club as his own character. Like, he plays Dungeons and Dragons out the week with a bunch of other sixth Fight Club. No, no, no. Rule number two is you do not talk about sixth grade Fight Club. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Even cooler than him being in that. That's really cool. Tom Rowland. My man. All right. Why is her name not listed? She's not underage. Give me her goddamn name. So, uh. The teacher? Yeah. Uh, I think well, that's hey, anyway, so there was a teacher uh, at Griffin Middle School no, no, I don't who was know. accused of organizing Angel fights. Uh, there we go. It's a net. good name for a woman that's organizing fights. Just so he Googled Google me five podcasts. Uh, <laughs> so she's organizing five. fights with her sixth graders, or I guess allowing five. them to fight in the classroom. Go to our website, give me five um, podcast. At, uh, Griffin Middle School in Tallahassee, Florida. You can find us on Facebook Florida. searching for the Give Me Five podcast. So <laughs> email us directly. Give her, me I, I know damn well that Omar has at least thought about okay, this go, at sorry. some point. Speaking oh, of man. weird pairings, yeah, this is, this is uh, Tom Morello. Sometimes I'm just like. Rage Against the Machines. I've actually told students to be like, stop. 
I'll see. Let me leave the room, and then I can see you. Because I just don't want to know. Writer John I always joke if people are arguing, which doesn't happen director Kyle Newman. I'm always like, just remember, Paul, big show, white. Really mad if I have to fill out anything. That's exactly what I say. Vince Vaughn. I guess, guys, what have I told you? Vince Vaughn. After school. Uh, Game of Thrones co-director D.B. Weiss off after campus. school and off um, and then uh, Suicide Squad I don't want to film. You guys are making me Guardians fill out paperwork and James I'm, gonna, Gunn. I'm coming and after Saturday you. Saturday Night Live cast member <laughs> Taryn Killam. And they know I'm joking. Uh, that's for those of you quick, quick, quick they, to email uh, people. Uh, we're kidding. We're, wow. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Anyway, I, I want to uh, sit in on one of those games. Student resource deputies were alerted that this woman was basically said, no screaming, no yelling, no phones. Meaning, I'm actually going to keep it quiet. Let's not let anyone else know that we're staging a fight club in the middle of class. Also, basically was saying them not to pull each other's hair. No hair pulling. No hair pulling. According to the document, several sixth grade girls told detectives they participated in planned fights during school hours. She looks like the little lady that Adam Sandler always put in her. They alleged they were invited back in their movies. And like... I saw her in an so interview, and I'm like, oh, look at her. She's so cute. She's so adorable. And she's like, I've been a communist for my whole life, and I'm willing to fight for it. Failing to intervene and making statements. Okay. Nothing. Go over. talk about the characters movie. She not only is getting fired, I hope she's just going to jail. That's crazy. I mean, that's all kidding aside, that's complete insanity. I just kind of wanted some oatmeal raisin cookies. And, of course, today's your first day. You but have now to I'm afraid, so I don't really know where to go with all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're into sharing, so I have some. That's Those the last rule. I don't know. I'm, st- I'm still a little bit traumatized. The one fight I saw in high school. Was, uh, okay, sorry. Uh, so yes, we've done all of that. Two stuff. girls were pulling uh, each other's weaves out. And like, uh, what, what do you always like, say? I didn't know what that was at the time. It wasn't two girls. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for it us was, tonight. This one girl had a tie-dye Jim Morrison shirt on. The other guy was wearing an bow, uh, oversized remember, Bauhaus tee. Like I always say, if you really look closely, um, no, like I just I remember I walked out of the door and there was like two girls in a fight and they were pulling each other weaves out, but I didn't know what it was. So I thought that the like the mesh stuff at the end of it was like chunks of skin and like and there was like fingernails going flying and like I thought they were tearing people's like. Like actual oh my God, you want to go to therapy? That's so good. I I did. I was. It was horrifying. And. And I I don't remember when it was I heard the phrase, but anytime I hear about like people pulling hair or pulling weaves and whatnot, I always think of the phrase because it I, I actually heard somebody say one time, I'm a snatch you bald headed. <laughs> which which essentially is just snatching their weave off their head and leaving them with no hair on their head. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't know. And I'm like, that's that's hilarious. I love Holy that shit. shit. Oh, wow. Okay. All righty. All right. person that's been listening in has just called me sheltered. Oh, yeah. She's getting all over here. Sheltered. I'm just – I'm not sheltered. I'm just not going to uh, sixth grade fight clubs. Just, you know. I think she meant how scared you got by that one fight. Yeah, she was, she was talking about how traumatized you were by the fight. Yes. See? Boom. That's why I don't leave my house. <laughs> There's nothing good out there, Greg. You're not missing anything. No. There's – I almost left my house once, but then I decided no. You came you to your senses. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What do we want to talk about? What do we want to do first? What do we want to... I've talked way too much, so I'm going to shut up and yell at Kimmy. Let, let me jump in and do one of the two uh, one of the two shows that I watched. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll talk briefly about, about them. Um, but I, I've caught up on the second season 
of Shadow and Bone, which uh, both Jen and I really, really enjoyed the series. Um, this Season 2 was released on March 16th of 2023. It is available on Netflix. And it does have a lot of the returning cast. Uh, Jesse May Lee as Alina Starkov. You've got Archie Renault, uh, Freddie Carter, uh, Amita Suman, Kit Young, Ben Barnes, Danielle Galligan. Sujaya Dasgupta, Daisy Head, uh, Callahan, oh God, Skogman, Zoe Wanamaker, <laughs> Dean Lennox Kelly, Patrick Gibson, and it's an ensemble cast. There's a lot more people that are involved in this show, but the the show is based on the books by Lee Bardugo. Uh, season two brings us a little bit more of Alina Starkov as she explores her powers and makes alliances and continues to bring down the fold. Now, for me, season two really was as as entertaining as season one. I actually really like both seasons. There's a couple of new characters that get introduced in season two. They're, I mean, all the characters are enjoyable. I think they're all really well fleshed out and they're well written. But Inej is probably still my favorite. She's the silent assassin who works with uh, Kaz as part of the, the team of crows. Um... And season two, I feel like, had a lot more story involving the Crows. And I believe that the, the you know, the story kind of centers around Alina and the Darkling and what goes on with them and how she's she's doing what she can to bring down the fold and save the country, unite the unite the warring countries. But with all that said, I've been far more interested in what's been going on with Kaz and his Crows as they struggle to carve out their little portion of the barrel and end up just getting mixed up with Alina and and her attempt to save the kingdom. I find their characters to be a lot more interesting with uh Jesper and and Kaz and Inej and then Wylan who who was one of the new characters that joins them this season. They're they're just a lot of fun. And I I think you get a lot more depth with those characters and a lot more a lot more meat to the story involving them. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they get mixed up with Alina and Alina's got a decent story as well. It's just, I was, I was more drawn to the story of the crows. So the, she's still fighting the darkling and you know, it, it progresses from there. She ends up being betrothed to the, uh, the prince of the realm because she's the sun summoner and she's, she's, the saint, she's the one who's been foretold to come and help save and take down and take down the fold, save the kingdom, save the world, whatever. Um, they did leave it open for season three, and I'm hoping we get one because it looks like some of our some of our main characters might have a little bit of darkness in them. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they progress with that, and I'm looking forward to see that. Um. I, I find that I find that good characters are a little bit more compelling when they've got you know a little flaw to them, or they've got you know a little bit of darkness that they have to deal with, or something that they have to overcome and make themselves better. You know what I mean? Is this one of those like is each season a book, or is it not that cut and dry? I I didn't read the book, so okay. I couldn't tell okay. you that. Uh, Jen seems to think that they're that the seasons kind of overlap some of the okay. books. That's fair. Yeah, I gotta start that. I'm, I'm still slogging through Carnival Row, and I like it. I'm just not connecting with it. I don't know why, but we'll talk about that later. The, are you are you watching the first season or the second season? Carnival Row. Yeah, 
I'm on the second season, but I've literally watched episodes four, five, and six probably four times each, and I have no idea what's going on. Really? Okay. Like, I kind of get it, but I, I don't know. Like, each time I watch, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, every time, that part in, where that flashes back randomly eight years. Well, we're not talking about the show right now, so let's not do that. <laughs> gonna, do you want to just jump into that? And uh, we'll we just, will in a second, we'll but yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, like, I really like Shadow and Bone. I remember, I, I don't remember if it ended on a cliffhanger, but I remember being, like, super stressed out about, like, as they were going through that, like, smoky, cloudy, whatever area, and being mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really cool. This is a unique story, and I was, like, really invested. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it came back on. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was that cool show with the, the cloudy, smoky area, which I can't remember the name of it. And I'm like, I can't bring myself to start it because I'm like, there's just so much different lore-based shows that I to watch that I'm like... You're talking about the full, correct? Yes. Okay. And it's just like, there's just so many shows like that that I have to like... Really, I I feel like I almost have to watch season one again just to remind me myself of what actually. It, it has. It, to be fair, it has been a while, and and I mean it's it's kind of a guilty pleasure because I I mean I really think it's like young adult um almost it's it's almost in the same vein as like a Twilight as far as you know being young adult and and uh, romantic whatever, um but I do believe the story is better. Which one, Carnival um, Row? No, no, no. We're we're back to talking. Oh, about oh, Shadow. oh, okay. I haven't seen either. Keep up, Omar. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm um, I mean, well, like I was reminded very heavily of Shadow and Bone when they did the like the sand boat thing in Moon Knight. I was like, what does this oh, remind yeah, me yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what does this remind me of? Oh, yeah. When does oh, that show come that back? Thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would if you if you did enjoy season one, I would definitely recommend season two. If you're a fan of the crows. Uh, Kaz and the Crows. I would definitely recommend season two because I think you got a lot more a lot more stories involving Kaz and the Crows and developing their characters than you did in season one. Yes, but it's very well, it's very well done from the fir- the first season, and I'm assuming if you like the first season, the second one is uh, also equally as well done. So, uh, should I, we talk about uh, Carnival Row now? Might as well. Oh. We can. Okay, well. Go right into it, yeah. Uh, Mm. Um, Wait, what? (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) That's not what she said. She actually just said tap. She said tap, 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 is this thing on? Uh, Tap, 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 is this uh, thing on? Well, tap, 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 is this thing on? Carnival Row Season 2 was released on February 17th. It started on February 17th of 2023. It was one of those shows that they released like two episodes every week. It's on Amazon Prime. And it does star, we've got Orlando Bloom coming back as Rycroft Illustrate, one of the main characters, and Cara Delevingne as Vignette Stonemoss. Uh, it also stars Simon McBurney, Tasman Merchant, David Gaiasi, Carla Chrome, Jamie Harris, Andrew Gower, Artie Frushan, and Ariane Bakare. And again, this is another... This is another ensemble cast, so there's a whole lot more people involved with this show. Um, I just picked a lot of the uh, a lot of the main characters. Um, and in season two, the story continues as Rycroft and Vignette struggle to keep their relationship with opposing views on the revolution of the Fey folk. While another Fey revolt makes its way to their shores, sows discord and could potentially start an all-out war between the humans and the Fey folk. Um, I got to season two. I was I was a I was excited yet <clears throat> hesitant 
if that makes any sense, when I got to season two. Because one of the things I really liked about season one was the whole, like, detective aspect of it. And it seemed like they weren't going to be able to do anything with that in season two. Um, and, and so the whole detective angle was going to be over. And the show did change quite a bit from the original uh, Victorian noir detective steampunk fantasy thing that it was in season one. But they still managed to pack a little bit of intrigue and some gripping storylines into season two. Uh, they had some Game of Thrones-style consequences. You know, our uh, our Redcroft and Vignette able to keep their love intact. Do they even survive? Hmm. They're able to keep with their with that crazy-ass guillotine. Yeah. Uh, so, while being the main characters, they're it, it's entirely possible that they're going to be Martined. And when I say that, I'm referring to George R. R. Martin, who kills fucking everybody in all of his stories. Okay, I was wondering. No, we thought you were talking about the, the comedian from the, That's the exactly 90s. That's exactly what I was going to say. I thought you were no. talking about the show from the 90s. No, no, no. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about George R. R. Martin, who has a habit of killing off, like, all of yeah, his characters. No one is safe. Um, I won't ruin it for you, but I really did enjoy season two. I think they concluded the series, though. I don't foresee there being a season three. But all in all, season two was enjoyable, even if I did like season one a little bit better. So the character design, I, I do like that creature thing, and I'm sure it becomes someone else. But there's a creature that's like kind of like got weird bat wings and a skeleton yeah, it, looking it, it, head, uh, and the the uh, I keep wanting to call it a Sparta, but it's a, a, a uh, I know it has two A's in it, like yeah, yeah. But you, it, it's it's S P something, yeah, <clears throat> Spana Spata. But either way, so it for it Sparus, looks a, the Sparrows. Yeah, it looks a little bit like Abomination from the Hulk movie and and some of the other Marvel Universe movies, mixed with the creature from um, Beastmaster. Now I was gonna say the non alien alien movie. Um, it really reminded me of the creature, the the winged creature from Beastmaster that wrapped his wings around people and kind of did the, the and he did, like disintegrated them and they dropped into a pile of bones. Yeah, you yeah, mean Prometheus? Yeah. Yes, no. Prometheus. No, it was for me, I was talking no, about Prometheus. No, Greg, oh. sorry. Yeah. So it's like this flesh-colored skull creature bat thing with, like, mm -hmm. mouths all over its, like, chest and stuff. It's weird. Um, so some of the things, like, I don't know why it's been hard for me to get through. Um, possibly the edibles. But... <laughs> probably. Well, well that might do enough. it. Okay. But I know that, like... There's a couple sequences I keep on having to go back to because, like, I don't remember anything else that happens in the episode. And one of which is the the beheading situation in, like, episode, like, four. And then... You're talking about at the prison? Yeah, yeah. And, or like, I, I've, seen that when... I've seen that a bunch, but I've never seen what leads up to it. Like, I don't remember seeing what leads up to it. They keep on talking, talking about, like... about the, the beheading of the... Um, the girl. The fake folk in the... In the the girl where the head lands on the ground and is staring at the one, the dude. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's the one in the prison. Yeah. So there's like that, and then there's like a sequence. I see that a lot, and then I've seen the sequence where that creature is like apparently seven years ago, where some dude like happens upon it, and it, and I'm like, but then I get to the end of the episode, wow, and I'm like I have no idea what else happened, so I have to rewind, and then I'm like I don't, and they'll be like talking about like when the police go crazy, the police got mad and attacked the area, and I'm like, wait, did that happen on screen? So I go back an episode, and I still I'm like, yeah, so I'm like I don't know. You're just not connected. They they do jump around a little bit. And you have to remember where you were before they jumped back, but you know because they'll jump around and then come back to where they were uh, before the jump. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not entirely connecting. And it, it, again, it's one of those with the slightly ridiculous names. So they'll be talking about someone. And like, it always gets me when someone's name sounds like either masculine or feminine. And then they're right, like, they're using a feminine name and it's actually a mas- like a male character. Like, and I'm like, wait, who is that? Oh, okay. I don't know. It's weird. I'm trying to do it. But then, like, I get so frustrated that I start watching true crime stuff because. <laughs> instead and so. we've given that's up the, on this i'm gonna go watch that's Church the Ryan. fallback yeah yeah because that i actually like register somehow so fair enough but i did like season two uh like i said it wasn't as good as season one i did enjoy the detective angle a lot more in season one but if if you liked season one season two isn't disappointing and they do wrap it up so even if there is no season three you it, it kind of like what they did with Another Life. I mean, if they really wanted to continue it, they could, but it doesn't need to be continued. They, they've they've ended it in a solid place. Gotcha. Wow, there's a lot of things you said that I could have been dirty with. Ending in a well, solid yeah, place. That's the first thing I thought ra- of. Ra- 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 wrapping wrap it up. You mm-hmm. said wrap mm-hmm. it up. I was like, you know, the, we're also sponsored by Jawa brand condoms. <laughs> wrap it up before Jawa. you have sex with your your Ewok sex doll. <laughs> you don't want to get you don't want to get semen on the fur. It, it's really hard to clean out. Um. Anyway, what else we got here? Um, that's the fucking time tonight. Uh, um, I'm I'm in a mood. Oh, oh no! It, it was it was at work before I got here that that came up. I was like, "What? Wrapping it up? No, semen. Oh uh, yeah. Ah, uh, boating. Uh, let's uh, I'll do Bono in the edge. Okay, sort of homecoming." Uh, Bond on the Edge, sort of homecoming. It uh, came out uh, about a week ago. I don't have that written down, but uh, it was. Uh, it's on uh, Disney Plus, <laughs> and it is um, uh, one of those David Letterman things where he like interviews people and stuff. Uh, so this is starring Bono the Edge, Glenn Hansard, Glenn Hansard, Hansard. I don't know. I've seen him four times in concert, but um, he's the dude that um, that wrote and directed the movie once. Okay, and. Uh, David Letterman, and a whole bunch of awesome Irish people um, that I love. So um, things I – you know, we tried to do the things I liked and didn't like. Um, it is about – it's weird because it's about U2. I like U2. I like their music. I don't – I'm not the world's craziest U2 fan. I'm not going to turn them off the radio. Um, like I still haven't heard their past couple albums if that – like You're not the only one. Me. Yeah, like – but also Joshua Tree and Rattle and Hum were like very heavily played by me in college and um, high school, so that's kind of where I fall. Um, I find I found this to be as uh, non-controversial mostly as U two actually is. Like it was very kind of middle of the road. It was good. It was interesting. Um, the most interesting parts were really cut short though. Oh. Because I don't know, I don't know much of anything about the troubles in Ireland in the seventeen in nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. I don't know very much about it, um, but I've seen pictures of what happened there. Speaking of true crime, you know the bombings and that type of stuff. And um, the the one part was really interesting is Bono is explaining what's going on, and David Letterman's like, "Okay, so who am I hate? Who do I hate here? Like, who is the villain? Who am I supposed to hate?" And Bono's like, "Well, no, n- nobody." And he's like, well, no, I need to hate somebody. Who do I hate? <laughs> he's like, I need. I like, need to hate somebody. Yeah, which is which is interesting though, because it's such a great perspective of history, where it's like you're getting told history by someone that lived it and survived it. So, 
are they going to tell you who was right and who Correct. was wrong? Because that's usually what happens. You know, that's interesting. Was that quote? There was some quote I saw somewhere that was like, when you read history books, it seems like the the winner was always right because they're the ones that wrote the history books. You know, um, but anyway, so the the book is uh, or the it's actually based on a book too, but. It's kind of interesting where they talk briefly about the start of the band and how all of this stuff was going on and a young Bono, then Paul, right? Paul Hewson. Back then. Paul Hewson went to a Clash concert and saw the power of this stuff and then decided to make music his way of um, communicating um, nonviolently. And then it really did blow up at the point when... um, U2 became big and ended up playing Red Rocks, and it was played on TV in in Northern Ireland. And they were like, oh, shit, this our little local band is on television being seen by thousands of people talking about what we're going through here. So that part, I think, is really interesting. But it actually, when it started shifting over to other stuff, some of it was interesting, but I really wanted them to like discuss that history more. Um, I get that it's not really what the show is about. But they did talk about the 9-11 performance at the Super Bowl, which was interesting. Um, and this is all mixed in with uh, acoustic renditions of some of their songs, um, which is also a little bit weird because some of the songs like you've heard so many times not acoustically that like you're like that's strange. Like I don't know if I wanted to hear that acoustic. You know, like "Streets Have No Name" with that awesome opening guitar thing. Yeah, but some of the acoustic ones are like really good. Like some of them are so fucking good. So it it just depends. I know what you mean. I, I get what you're. What have you, you been mean. listening to the? Have you listened to the new album? No. Like that goes along with this. <clears throat> no, and I've heard all their so albums. They have an like, acoustic like album. So they have an acoustic album out right now. It just came out, and it's like acoustic renditions of like almost all their songs. It, there's like, uh, there has to be like forty to fifty songs on it. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Starts off with one, which is mostly acoustic anyway, or it sounds like it. But anyway, um, but they've been doing that for the, years. They've been a, doing the acoustic versions. Like all the way back to Rattle and Hum in like eighty nine. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. not new for them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The um let's see what else. Uh it's you know, I really enjoyed the Glenn Hansard part, um, mostly because I like I like him. I've I've said I've seen him a bunch of times. He's like one of um Eddie Vedder's like best buddies, so whenever Eddie Vedder does a like a solo tour, he usually opens up. And I just he's very, very, very Irish. <laughs> very Irish, and it's great. Um, I just love, I don't know, I just love the um, Ireland and the Irish people because I've been watching a lot of documentaries um, about like just food documentaries and travel documentaries about over there. So it's kind of yeah, I'd love to go there. Uh, oh. Yeah, the I, I was when I was looking for different reviews on this just to kind of see uh, one of the the one I did catch that I was like, yeah, this is almost exactly what I would say. Um, it was by a dude named David Skeldrum. It was a featured review on IMDb. It says, uh, by and large, this is a very vanilla documentary. Dave Letterman is charming, but not exactly incisive interviewer. Any sort of YouTube fan will hear nothing here they don't already know. The musical performances are really good versions, or are good versions of some newly re-recorded forty songs from songs forty songs from songs of surrender. Um, let's see. I don't read all this stuff, but. Um, the sequence where Bono and the Edge play a song written especially for Dave Letterman is very sweet. The bond between them is very clearly real. It's fun. Bono, I guess, gets asked at one point if what he doesn't like about the Edge. He says, "The thing I really hate about him is that he doesn't need me. He's like he can sing, he can sing and write all the music and play <laughs> really it, so he can, can leave me at any. He's so good. He could pretty much leave me at any time. Which I thought was cute. If um, if you don't know that about him, check out Van yeah. Diemen's Land. 
that song is amazing. And it's the edge on his own singing, playing guitar and literally doing like keyboard chords with his feet while he's playing Mm -hmm. like on a, on like on a big, uh, like on a big pad. Yeah. There's one part where he's playing, where the edge is just playing alone just with his guitar and he starts singing and the sequence didn't have Bono in it because they were just in his house or something. And I was like, wow, the vocals sound really good. And I looked and it was not, he's he's amazing. That's weird. Um, if you're a U2 fan, listen to it um, and watch it. If you are a U2 fan, you probably already have. So that's all I got. All right. Love me some U2. Um, oh, love U2. Oh, that's adorable. You know what else I love, though? Succession. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you thought I meant. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like kind of bursting here to talk about some succession. Uh, they are in their fourth and final season. Yes. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a long running HBO show. Obviously it got a little bit pushed back because of like COVID and production and things like that, but they're in their season four. The show is ending now. Um, they've already had three episodes. The first episode was released uh, March 26th. Second episode, April 2nd. And the third episode just came out this past Friday, the, the April 9th. <clears throat> the usual cast, um, Nicholas Braun, who plays um, Cousin Greg, who at first I thought was going to be a throwaway character and seems to be becoming a major player, or has already become a major player. And- Fucking great. <clears throat> right? <laughs> uh, Brian Cox is, of course, Logan Roy, the patriarch of the whole family. Um, Karen Culkin, Peter Friedman, Matthew McFadden, who does great as Tom, um, Alan Ruck, <clears throat> Sarah Snook is Shiv, and Jeremy Armstrong is, uh, Jeremy Strong, rather, is Kendall. Um, another great character, Jerry, is played by J. Smith Cameron. And let's see. Um, oh, Willa is Justine Lupe. Uh, there's so many more, but I'm, I'm not going to get down, go down that rabbit hole. Um, this season is insane. The season is intense. If you've seen the first three seasons, you know that the season begins with um, basically the kids moving against the dad at the end of season three. And now we're dealing with the fallout. And of course, the whole thing is imploding. But the main thing was... For, for those of you that don't know, real quick, it's um, all of this stuff. It's basically Fox News. It's really... The, it's like the Murdoch family. Okay, right. It's a little bit a little bit different, but that's it's an allegory. It's clearly it's modeled like after... The, he's clearly modeled after a Fox News style media mogul. And so the family, which is the head of the family, is Brian Cox, who's um, the, 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 they're the Roy family. And succession is essentially like which of his kids are going to take over the big chair after he retires or passes away or whatever. So <clears throat> the show never ceases to amaze. The writing is excellent. The acting is phenomenal, especially in season four, episode three, that that is the latest episode. Um, I was going to wait actually to 
I don't know, not that not waiting on purpose, but I was kind of like, all right, I like to kind of watch it all at once. And then I was talking to Kimmy and she's like, oh my God, you have to see episode three because it's so like it's intense. It was her word. So I'm like, all right, let's just do this. So I jumped on it today. I watched episode two and three. Um, and episode two is kind of like, uh, it moves the plot along, but <clears throat> it's a good episode. It's fine, but there's not, you know, but episode three is just, I mean, out of nowhere, like y- things are moving along just fine. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the hell just happened? And you don't really get any resolution until the very, very, very last moment of the show. You don't really know what's happening. And I'm going to not spoil it because I'm not, I'm not, I want to be that guy. But if you like the show and you haven't, <laughs> if you like the show and you haven't seen the, the latest season or the latest episode yet, it goes in a completely different direction that you do not see coming. And they do, the whole episode is one big, tense, emotional, just outpouring. And the acting is so good. It's so good that it makes it makes you feel tense. It tenses you up. And and you 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 get the resolution at the end of the episode. But I got to be honest. Like Kim and, Kim and I were just talking right before the show ended, right before we started recording, rather, um, as I was watching the end of that episode. And I still don't totally believe what I'm seeing, which I know is ridiculous because it's pretty clear. But it's almost too hard to believe. Um, uh, in case you guys don't know, Kimmy is his pet cat. Meow, meow. Yeah. Right. He doesn't get out much, so we just let him <laughs> talk to his cat. So, so the whole show is intense. Uh, like Omar the it's Tent like, Maker, like, like when you're camping. You yeah. That's funny. It is intense, and if you were in a tent watching it, you would still be freaked out by what's going on because you get you get like so caught up in it it's amazing i'm not gonna it is another one of those shows where everyone is a terrible person so it's exhausting to watch like the surprise it is very difficult to watch because yeah i hate everybody because you know the uh, yeah you hate everyone in the show you even even the quote-unquote good guys but there, that's um, the thing there are no good guys mm-hmm. one of the things about the show that i find so interesting is that nobody like will go out on a limb and actually say what they mean unless they're just belittling somebody or being mean or like talking down to somebody. But, but when it comes to like getting things, it's weird. There's like this weird language that they use where no one's really like explicitly saying anything. Like it's, it's almost as if no one's of everyone's afraid to go out on a limb and just say you were bad at that. You shouldn't have that job or whatever, which is a, thing from episode two and episode three for, or I guess more episode two um, from this, this season, one of the characters try something new and they're not good at it. And everyone dances around it. No one will like be honest with that character or the other character that's associated with them. And it's just so blatant. But it's it's just so hard to watch because everyone's a jerk and everyone's afraid to like be themselves. It's the weirdest 
it's the weirdest thing. And I just think, is this really based on like real people? Are, are there people really like this in the world? It's, it's insane to me. But, um, you know, it's a fantastic show. And if you have not started it at all, I'd recommend just start from the beginning. By the time you get through three seasons, um, season four will be mostly over. It's totally, totally worth it. Um, and I, episode season four, <laughs> episode three is currently the one of the top rated episodes of any TV show of all time on IMDb. Really, really. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because it's absolutely. It's a perfect ten out of ten. It, the, the show is amazing. the The episode is amazing. The acting is absolutely amazing. Um. the The way that they've kept up that intensity for the entire hour of that show is of that episode is just stunning, and I'm. I'm screaming on the inside right now, trying not to like spoil it. So let's please move on before I slip and everyone hates me because I don't want to give it away. There it is. Uh, yeah, there was a newspaper, either the New York Post or New York Times, that got in trouble for spoiling it on their like one of their front page of their entertainment section or something. I didn't know which one it was, but okay, I'm going to have to watch that. You don't know what the spoiler is, do you, Greg? No, I, nor will I until I watch. Like I, okay. Well, I didn't know if you knew about the that headline, the New York Times or whatever, whatever. I've been I've been avoiding. Okay, because like literally the last thing I saw was the heart attack. Like like the recovery from the heart attack. So it's like episode. Four oh, you're in you're in season, season one. Yes. Oh my god! I told you it's exhausting to watch because everyone is terrible. everyone is terrible, and 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 season one is they're all good. But I mean, every th- this is kind of like the writing to me, and maybe not as intense or as extreme, or maybe even as well done. I would argue as like Game of Thrones in the sense in the sense that I loved Game of Thrones, and even stuff like Breaking Bad and shows like that, where just stuff happened that you were like, "Wait, what? What the hell? What the hell just happened? You got to rewind that because I I got to see that again." And succession is like that. Like you're in for a roller coaster. Like there's a lot. It's but it's it's very well done. But everyone's terrible. Gotcha. <clears throat> well, I think that leads us to the last thing. Is it the last thing we're talking? I about? I think so. It is. Which is weird because it is a streaming only show. That's just kind of a little fun murder show. It's just a little fun murder mystery called Murder ah, Mystery. I see what you did there. Called Murder Mystery. Too. Oh, and and it, we actually talked about the first one on this show, and we all really enjoyed it. We did. I don't know. If, we uh, had to check out murder. I don't know if name was here yet, though. No, no, no. We we've changed his name to dipshit. Oh, wait. Sorry. So I was here then. Oh. Yes, maybe. I don't know. I I, I didn't see murder that. mystery. I didn't see the first one. Then you were not here yet. No. Um. Okay. Yeah. So no. uh, I was not part of that. Rob, sorry. Name. Take it away. Um, really? Because I just did. Okay. Um, <laughs> Murder Mystery 2 was released on March 31st of 2023. It was directed by Jeremy Gerlich. It does star Adam Sandler. It's got Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston both returning. Uh, Mark Strong, who we love. Uh, Melanie Laurent, Jodie Turner-Smith, John Connie, Kuhu Verma, Danny Boone, and Adil Akhtar. And your your basic premise is full-time detectives Nick and Audrey are struggling to get their private eye agency off the ground. They find themselves at the center of international abduction when their friend, the Maharaja, is kidnapped at his own lavish wedding. Okay. 
Why don't we have any friends named the Maharaja? I'm right here. <laughs> Again, why don't we have any friends named the Maharaja? Can we, like, I feel, I, I feel like a couple things would happen if we had a friend named Maharaja. First of all, there would be a lot more people breaking out into dance where they, like, wave, like, silk <laughs> scarves around. And also, we might have a tiger. Can I claim a nickname? Oh, we need a tiger. Yeah, we do. Like, we need a, a, a studio tiger. Well, can I claim a nickname? For, no. For, no. No. That's You've been assigned works. a nickname. You don't get to claim nicknames. That's not how nicknames That's work, dickhead. That's why I did just assume. <laughs> Damn it. No, I mean, yeah, if, if you have those people that are like, you know, my name is Walter Curmudgeon, but you can call me Death Dealer. <laughs> they made that call up. Slick. Like <laughs> Death Dealer. Like my student was like, I was like, uh, it's a pimp named Slickback. Steven Johansson. Oh, yeah, that's my name, but my friends call me uh, Chaos. Chaos. Do they call yeah. me Chaos? No, they don't. They really, no, that really happened. The, the first <laughs> Wait, really? month I was ever a teacher. Yeah, the first month I was ever a teacher, and that, that right there was the time that I, I like, like laughed and was a little concerned that I was going to get fired for laughing at this poor nerdy kid that was like, You can call me Chaos. No, my friends call me smooth as ice. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh at your nickname and hope that you don't have anything vi- dangerous underneath that trench coat. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. So with the K, dear Lord, what? How do you spell that? <laughs> is that like a bit? Is there a silent. All H right. In there? So, so Choss is here. Um, Choss. Yeah, Choss. <laughs> okay, so murder mystery to. It's fun, you know. Like it's it's not. It, I was super excited to see that it came out because that was exact. That was exactly what I wanted to watch when I was yeah. not understanding Carnival Row, um, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! I can put this on." And you know, it's just a. There's something about the Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston pairing that like I would have never ever expected, and it works. It's good. It really does. That might actually maybe that should be our top five question this week that we haven't picked. Like weird pairings that actually oh, pairings work. that work. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Hmm, that's a hard one though. It's it's hard one, but it could also be music too. You know, like you know, there's like oh, I'm always surprised when the when country music pairs with rap and it actually works. Like country and rappers. What was that album? What was it like? It was like Biohazard with uh, like, it was, uh, NWA. Night. Yeah, Judgment. Is it uh, Pearl Jam? And yeah, Cyberfield. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I, I hate that song. <laughs> Okay. Speaking of speaking of rapping, or well, it's not really rap. Mm-hmm. You you saw that video that I sent you with uh, uh, Chain Chain the rapper. You mentioned that on the last episode. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and I let it, and I left it in, which I'm going to leave this one in too because I have to. I don't want to have to go find it again to edit it. But just be aware, it's in fifty four twenty. It's okay. <laughs> I like hearing you talk about music. It makes my it makes my uh, nether bits tingle. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, anyway, back to Murder Mystery Two. What'd you think? Did you see it? I did not. No, I, I haven't or seen you... either of them. Oh, so you're talking to me? Um, I I actually really liked it. It it um, it was right up there in that same vein as the first one. And the first one, you know, just kind of worked. Um, this one they they do the same. It's not like they rehash the same story, but the, again, they're trying to solve they're trying to solve a mystery, and they're trying. It's kind of like a whodunit kind of thing, and. Mark Strong is excellent. I love Mark Strong. But Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston make it work. He's and great. Mark Strong is great in everything. Um, he's he's also like, another one that's moving into my, if he's in something, I'm going to see it 
Yeah, like, like legit everything that I've seen him in has he, he's been he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. The you know the 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 location of the of the movie obviously moves and you know the maharaja gets abducted and so the mystery at that point is who did the abduction you know somebody else is dead they're trying to figure out who did the murder who did the abduction and there's a couple of there's a couple of night uh nice little twists when you think you got it figured out they throw you a curveball so it's 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 well it's well done again and they they pull off the comedy. They make the com- comedy work. I think the comedy is still kind of really in the vein of Adam Sandler. Um, a lot along the lines of, I'd probably say more along the lines of Grown Up than like Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. But would you agree? Yeah, it's de- uh, it's there's. There's a lot of comedy in the dialogue as opposed to the the action. It's almost like at the end of a, any of the other Adam Sandler movies after he has his like I need to grow up moment. Mhm. Cuz there's like some serious there's some serious moments and of course life or death situations, so I find that interesting. Uh and I also as I said before the pairing is great because you can tell that like that he can get Jennifer Aniston to do things that she doesn't do in any other At least it feels that way. It's just another fun mystery show. I I really find that these streaming services getting a mystery show out there every you know once a month is just a perfect palate cleanser for long series that have a lot of lore and a lot of things you have to remember and terrible people and all that. It's just nice to. What was the one before this one? Like the mo- the one that came out the month before? It wasn't a month, but um, the glass thing, glass onion. Oh, glass onion. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. that was around Christmas though, so it's been a couple months. Yeah. Um Yeah, they're just I don't know, they're comedy mystery stuff is just good. Yeah, they they've done a couple of really good ones. So it's like the perfect streaming thing cuz like I don't know if I'm necessarily would see him in the movies. Right. But I very much enjoy watching him on on I streaming. I will say that as far as streaming goes, I think Netflix has more has more hits than what I've seen on some of the other streaming services. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's more stuff on Netflix that I want to turn into, like Murder Mystery, Glass Onion, um, you know, stuff like that. So I mean, if you're looking for, if you're just gonna get one, I mean, I would have to pick Netflix just because I, I feel like they hit more with the stuff that they put out mm-hmm. with their original content, with original content, the yeah, others. yeah. The movies you're get, are getting better on like Paramount and HBO and Prime, somewhat. Okay, I think we're. I think uh, that leads us to me burping. Uh, then it leads us to our question of the week. One of the things I find super interesting is the friendship between Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, as they kind of they seem like they'd be very far apart on a lot of things. Like he always wears like like a sweatshirt and whatever pants he's wearing, like sweatpants or something, and she always seems like she's super dressed up and you know. So. Uh, when you see a movie like, um, was it called a mystery movie? Mystery, murder, mystery, murder, murder mystery. mystery. You see a movie like murder mystery. It's like, wow, that actually kind of works. So the question this week is what are the weirdest pairings that you, uh, have found that actually kind of work? I'm going to start off with a guess picker here because 
my my wife was having fun with this question, hmm. um, and for most of the evening was just screaming out random pairings <laughs> while we were eating dinner. And were, were they actual pairings, or was she just picking two people and putting them together? Uh, yeah, that's basically just you know. Like, <laughs> George W. Bush and Carrot Top. Like, like, like what are you doing? Was no, that a was... thing? Did that happen? No, I just think it would be hilarious. Well, yeah, you're right. probably right, but. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so here, here are hers. These are actual real ones. Um, her number five, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani, both relationship-wise, and they've done duets together. And mm. You would have never seen Gwen Stefani doing, you know, going from ska, reggae-infused music to country. Uh, there's two that are kind of the same, so I'm just putting them together for her. Uh, Leia Thompson and a duck. Mm. And, pa- and Paula Abdul and a cat. There you go. She got those. There was uh, One of them led to the other, so I'm going to stick those, those together. Um, she, she went with uh, number three, Courtney Love and Woody Harrelson um, with for People versus Larry Flint. That was pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, this one was is way out of left field. Um, Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr in She Devil. Hmm. Okay. A movie I completely forgot about. Um. And her number one was actually my number one, so I'm gonna wait on that. So just be aware when I say my number one, it's also hers. But we both said it right. exactly at the same time, so it's not like I'm stealing it from her because you know. Um. So there's that. Uh. Should I go with mine? Next, sure. Or, or do you want to go? Okay, you're already running your mouth. Go ahead. Yeah, well, that's that's what makes the podcast great. When I get to speak a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Okay, oh, so I've got some honorable mentions. I put the honorable mentions in there, and the way I picked them is if the whole point of the the movie was like an odd pairing. So, like, if the if a majority of the plot was about how you know, like fish out of water kind of stuff, so. Um, my honorable mentions were uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in Rush Hour, because mm-hmm. that was kind of the point, him being crazy versus Jackie Chan being the by-the-book kind of cop. Um, and also uh, DeVito and Schwarzenegger in Twins, just because, again, the point was tall, short, uh, you know, all that stuff. So, number five, could be close to the, what I just said, but um, Sylvester Stallone and Estelle Getty. Uh, stop or my mom will shoot. Mm, okay. <laughs> Uh, number four went music. Uh, Eminem and Dido on Stan. Uh, Eminem was really known for pretty heavy, hardcore, gangster, violence, angry stuff, and Dido was sweet British music. And then they did Stan, and it became a huge hit. Yeah, that song's really good. And now a, and now it's also a reference for anyone that's like a crazy fan. You are Stan because mm-hmm. of that song. Uh, Stuck with the um, real person and animated character, uh, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Okay. For my number three. Number two is probably should be number one. Because if you really, if you know the history of the whole thing, uh, it's crazy that it happened. Um, actually, you know what? I am going to flip it. So this is uh, my wife's number one and my number two now. Uh, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. Okay. They're- they're best buds. They do recording. They do stuff together. They've done wrestling stuff together. They've done shows together. Um, I bet they make some phenomenal pot brownies. I'd be willing <laughs> I, to spend. Yeah. I would be willing to spend a lot of money for that. <clears throat> although it would probably kill me because I wouldn't be able to eat just one. Um, so that'd be that's number two, and my wife's number one. 
Um, but number one for me is a music one, and that's Run DMC and Aerosmith. Mm. Uh, walk this Aerosmith, way. Yeah, for Walk This Way. Aerosmith was dead, like almost literally dead. Um, drug problems, they had disappeared for, what, five years, six years at that point? Actually, longer than that. It's like, yeah, about seven or eight years they were gone. They'd broken up, all this stuff. Run DMC was a rap band, and no one knew what rap was really outside of New York. And somehow it came together, and it came together great. Like, there was hesitation. There was – you had to figure out how to get MTV to play it. Like, the fact that there was literally nothing alike with these people, even Boston and New York, hating each other, the whole sports thing. And it, you know, brought Aerosmith back, made Run DMC a household name, and was a great song. So That's my number one. And that should be everyone else's number one, too, other than unless you want free pot brownies from that. <laughs> From uh, Martha Stewart. Who doesn't want free pot brownies from Martha Stewart? That's the real question. Uh, yeah, no one, actually. But uh, Leah Thompson and that and that duck. But, um, so weird. Howard? Yeah. So, uh, who's next? Um, um, I don't care. Okay. Doesn't matter. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Top five. Number nine. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I only have five. Um, <clears throat> Ed Burns and a computer-generated dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Best one ever. Um, how do I do this? I I also have. We might actually have to. We might actually have to fight him. I I had I had mine written. Uh, I have some that overlap years. I had mine written as Gwen and the country guy. Cause I couldn't remember his <laughs> name until you said it. Gwen and the, Gwen and the country guy. Then so Blake Shelton. Yeah. That one. Um, these are not really in any particular order. I also had Anthony Hopkins and Chris rock in a movie called bad company from like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Aerosmith and run DMC. Cause that's classic. And I, I guess my last two are really tied for first place for very, very different reasons. I originally had Snoop and Martha Stewart as my number one. And then I had a flash of inspiration. And I'm going to go with Johnny Cash and Rick Rubin. Making records Ooh. together. Hmm. That, I mean, Rick Rubin produced the Chili Peppers and Slayer. And then he works with Johnny Cash to do covers. And he was a big hip-hop dude, He was too. a huge hip-hop dude. I think he did Run DMC as well, actually. Yep. And then and Beastie Boys. He, he works with Johnny Cash to do covers of Tom Petty and Nine Inch Nails. And it totally worked. I mean, it was so good. Those, those records were phenomenal. So I think that's like... That's like the... What is it? The Great American Songbook, I believe mm-hmm. it was called, or something. I think that was the Rod Stewart album. These were called American, American, American Songs, Volume One, Two, and Three, or something, something like that. Um, and just such such good stuff. So to me, that's like the Martha Stewart and Snoop thing is obviously an odd pairing, and that works, and it's fun. This is like, 
they like created something out of nothing. Like it was amazing. I don't know. I don't know. It was just the, that that pairing just blew my mind. But anyway, that's my five. Pretty good. Yeah. Pulled it right out there. I, I literally thought of the Aerosmith Run DMC one as I was walking up the stairs. I was like, duh. Yeah, that one's classic. I mean, I, I remember that video when it was new, like watching it like. I was too young to really. Steven Tyler freaked me out when I was a kid when he burst through the wall. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, that's great. It's like, uh, people with long hair are weird. (laughs) Uh, what? Well, do you want to save? Don't we have a list from a listener? Don't we? We do. Let me uh, cue that up here. Um, do you want to do that one or save that one for last? We're we're gonna do that right now. Oh, all right. Unless I mean, no. Go ahead. Hey, give me five podcasts. It's Alec. Uh, top five kind of weird celebrity pairings that work. Uh, honorable mention, I wanted to go with uh, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford in the new TV show Shrinking. It's on Apple Plus. It's really good. Um, and I guess I just never thought I'd see Harrison Ford in a TV show or with a TV show or in with a TV show with uh, Jason Siegel. But they worked well together. Uh, another one is Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy in the movie The Heat. That's a pretty good buddy comedy from about 10 years ago. All right, top five. Number five, I have Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx in Collateral. I always thought that was an inspired pairing. Number four, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith and Men in Black. I, you know, at, at the time it was, oh wow, those two are going to be in the movie together. It was kind of an interesting uh, pairing. Obviously, it worked really well. Number three is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in Twins. That one I think is definitely what you're looking for here. Number two. Is my personal favorite. It's not a fr- from a movie though. It's actually a Bruce Springsteen and Tom Morello. Um, Bruce did a version. I mean, his version of the Ghost of Tom Joe, which was acoustic, came out in '95. I think Rage Against the Machine covered it sometime in the late '90s on their album, and then Bruce and Tom played it live uh, at a concert in 2008, and then kind of made it their own thing that they do. There's been plenty of versions of it, and they even recorded one for one of Bruce's albums. So. Kind of not a pairing you'd expect to see, but it works really well, and they've done other songs together too. And then number one, and maybe the best action comedy of all time, and kind of the most inspired pairing: Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. I don't know that anybody uh, would have thought to put them together in an action comedy, but they they work. And Midnight Run is a great movie, so uh, that's my list. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Nice. Well done, as always. He he nailed it again. Midnight Run and the and Collateral. He nailed it. And I forgot about the Ghost of Tom Joad because that's right. The the uh, Rage Rage did a cover of that. Yeah, Valak is on fire always. Tom Morello was just in something I just watched. <clears throat> like a, in like a crowd shot. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was a. Might have been uh, Mandalorian. Really? But yeah, or. It was either Mandalorian or one of the three movies I've seen in the theater, but he might actually he might have been in uh, John Wick Four. I'll, I'll look it up. But anyway, uh, you're you're last again. All right. Well, um, I will throw in an honorable mention uh, just because I'm not sure that they're that far off to be an odd pairing. But uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, Die Hard Three, going up against Jeremy Irons as the bad guy. Great, great pairing. Uh, number five. I've also got uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black. Number four, I've got uh, DeVito and Schwarzenegger from Twins. 
Number three, I've actually got one that we mentioned in our examples when we were trying to get people to to give a list, and that's uh, The Rock and Kevin Hart. They've done a couple of movies together now, and I think they they work really well together, and they're they're pretty much an odd couple. My number two, um, actually, I think is the only one on my list that hasn't been mentioned yet, and that was Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock in the movie Heat. Very, very, actually, very enjoyable. I I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. But my number one, one of the one of the funniest ones, one of the ones I thought of when we talked about doing this list for me was uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Yes. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah, and I I mean I still see. I still see uh, videos online of uh, like Jackie Chan from that movie, you know, messing up his lines because he was learning English while he was doing that movie. And the one that I just saw most recently was he jumps out with his gun and yells cheese and everybody on set starts cracking up. And he's like, what? What? And they're like, freeze. freeze. <laughs> oh, oh, freeze. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Uh, so good. I like Jackie Chan. I like most things about Jackie Chan. Yeah. Most? Um. I don't. It, he's uh, uh, he's been a little bit uh, not corrupted, but he is uh, owned by the uh, Chinese Ooh. government. That might not be entirely his fault, but he says some things publicly. I'm not entirely oh, sure about. Okay, but and but he I can like also him. disembowel you in like two seconds. It's true. It's true. Um, he was in, uh, Tom Morello was actually in the crowd shots in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, no shit. In the like the big tournament at the end and he is he's actually listed um as his own character like he plays dungeons and dragons every week with a bunch of other celebrities and he uh was he's actually listed in the credits as his character name which is kind of cool like even cooler than him being in that that's really cool yeah tom Morello, my man all right i like that yeah uh so uh let's see uh, i think that's hey it. omar what, what's our contact information no, I don't actually even have it up. Google dot net. <laughs> Just Google, Google Give Me Five Podcast and figure out me, But the number five, You though, can find not... us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can go to our website, Give Me Five Podcast dot com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. You can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, okay, here we go. Sorry. Speaking of weird pairings, this is this is uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machines, Dungeons and Dragons group. Joe Manganiello, Alcide, and you know mm-hmm. a bunch of other things from True Blood, um, and and his brother Nick. Um, let's see, writer John Castle, uh, fanboys director Kyle Newman, uh, Paul Big Show White, the Big uh, Show, v- Vince Vaughn, yeah, yeah, Big Show, Vince Vaughn. Uh, Game of Thrones co-director D.B. Weiss, oh um, uh, Suicide Squad director and Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, and Saturday Night Live cast member Taryn Killam. Uh, that's that they they get together every week and play. Wow, that's amazing! I I want to sit in on one of those games. Yeah. That's right? amazing! That's so funny. I don't. I'm actually very surprised that Tom Morello and Vince Vaughn are in the same room together, to be honest. Kind of. I I caught that, too, when you said Vince Vaughn. I was like, hmm, with Tom Morello? But, you know, they're both adults. Yeah. They can... Tom, 
Tom Morello's mom is hilarious if you ever see her interview. Is she? She looks she looks like the little adorable old lady that Adam Sandler used to always put in, <laughs> the her, movies, uh, in his movies. In their yeah. movies. And it, like I saw her in an interview and I'm like, oh look, oh, she's so cute. She's so adorable. And she's like, I've been a communist for my whole life and I'm willing to fight for it. I'm like, uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I go We're over. We talk about the Care Bears movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Not sure what that had to do with anything. Um, I just kind of wanted some oatmeal uh, raisin cookies because yeah. you look like you'd make really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm afraid, though. So I don't really know where to go with that. At least, at least you're into sharing. So can I have some? <laughs> Those are everyone's oatmeal cookies. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so yes, we've done all of that stuff. Uh, what what do you always say? Name. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for us tonight, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, like I always say, if you really look closely, most overnight successes involve hard work, debauchery, and just a dash of murder. And remember, when you're looking us up, use the number five, not the word five. <laughs> I have to call Is a meeting. Like you can definitely, uh, why are did, there blood cells? Oh, there's hearts. I thought there were blood cells in our chat room. Did Omar just mute his mic to get up, or mute his mic and then unmute it to get up and go poop? Oh, no, no, he's sitting back down. But his mic is unmuted, so we are hearing. Oh, see, he's been talking. He hasn't even been using his mic. He's been talking on his headphones the whole time. The whole time? <sighs> you know, some people just talk on their headphones. Anyway, yeah. And, and then he sits back down and mutes it again. <laughs> You're muted. Omar, you clown, you muted it and then unmuted it when you went to take your mic off. So we heard you throw your mic down on the table, get up, walk away, scoot the chair, and then you sat down, put your mic back in, and then muted it. Because I'm having issues with the, uh, like, it, like it's not responding quick enough. So I, I thought I had muted it, and it wasn't. And you're on your headphone mic again, not the, not the phone. That's okay. Of course I am. Yeah, the 